0: Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott, and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is a conversation with Tina about, well, about my waking up to my own magic. And my soul chose my awakening to happen through my body and of course that is just one of well an infinite number of ways that we can awaken and ascend for some people there are bathroom floor moments for some some people it's all through emotions for some people well i don't know anything is possible this is my story i hope you enjoy it and remember you are a miracle. You are amazing. You are incredible. You are one of a kind. I love you. Go forth and be awesome. So today we're going to talk about my experience of waking up to my magic, which is essentially because I learned through my body. Apparently it's like my soul chose P.E., as my major and like <laughs> literal physical education not like I'm not playing dodgeball all day every day
1: <laughs> that um, amazing.
0: kind of and kind of horrifying <laughs> anyway so my soul chose this curriculum which was to learn through all these bodily experiences and now with bodily experiences is that weird or bodily All right. So physical experiences and um, injuries and illness. And it's through that process that now looking back, I see, oh, it's all the
1: process of me waking up to my magic. Mm -hmm. Another way, would it be fair to say that another way of saying waking up to your magic is awakening? Like when people talk about awakening to their true nature that's what you're talking about when you're talking about waking up to your magic right i am and it feels like i was already
0: awake Mm. and this is like the when you're like sweet i'm awake i'm here i see it all like i'm in this high conscious high awareness everything's happening for us phase filled with love and light and gratitude and joy and then there's there's another level yeah and so i it feels like oh the awakening happened progressively Mm -hmm. throughout some phase in my life and this is all the advanced course yeah that i didn't know i signed up for
1: yeah yeah um a couple things have been coming up to me lately so first one is this concept of transitioning from being human beings to human vessels.
0: Yeah. Will you please explain that? You've shared that on a couple of your podcasts or maybe only one,
1: but I've heard it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when I think of being the first thing that comes to mind is like Buddha nature, right? Like our awareness of our oneness, the universal consciousness, the source that is the source of the entire universe and that is who we are the being and an, a drop in the ocean and the entire ocean at the same time you know all of these very ancient spiritual concepts that all merged from different aspects of humanity and wisdom and so what it feels like to me is that this phase that humanity was going through for the last few thousand years was awakening to our true nature that we are human beings? We have this beingness inside of us, that we are source, and they're gonna hide the light inside of us, as the Buddhists say. Mm-hmm. We have to find it. So when you say, I was already awake, I feel like that's what you were awake to. I agree.
0: I'd say that's the first awakening.
1: Yeah. And that's a big one. I mean, that's. <laughs> and for me, I, I can't tell you when that happened. Right. Because you had a lot of not this and constriction and contrast in your childhood. And it's almost like things were never, I'm going to venture to say, things were never good enough that you got lured to sleep.
0: Right. Right. Like you told me, I know so many humans have loved Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And you bought it and you said, Kelsey, this isn't for you. You were never tamed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I trust you completely and also agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was never tamed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought into all of it and then (laughs) I got a really rude awakening. Um, so then the next level is this human vessel vesselage (laughs) being a human vessel which is both a transformational process that's possible for the people who are alive on this planet right now and the new way of coming in for the new humans. So what does vessel mean? Because when you say vessel, I think
0: Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I think of a boat. And then I think of a vessel of love.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm meaning it as a a container, but the container has to inherently involve flow. Like it's not a contained container, right? Like if, if my body is fully aligned to knowing my beingness and being a vessel, it's like, it's allowing the flow to come in me, through me, out of me, all directions. And I guess it's a a descriptor for trying to acknowledge that I still am fully aware that there's a body here that is the spaceship for my (laughs) intergalactic adventure here on earth. Um, And I'm not attached to that word by any means. It's simply, I think spirit gave me, since I was using vessel of love, spirit gave me this distinction that It's almost like the beingness is complete and granted for a lot of humans, that's going to still be in transition for a while. We're not, we're clear on that. And that this next phase, however we want to name it is open to us now and you awakening to your magic is a part of that openness to this new phase, because another distinction I want to make is when we awaken to our oneness that's fantastic. And source energy or universal consciousness or God or creator, whatever we want to label it as, it's a pure vibration of creative potential. And the isness that is Kelsey has a very particular set of preferences has a very particular, I don't like the word mission because that sounds like militaristic, but has a very particular set of um, experiences, goals, again, another word that's just can be so dense, but however we describe like your particular vibration, your higher self, your soul, that the part of you that is so much larger and more diffuse in expression than simply your human form, that whole thing has a place in this universe. And so we aren't trying to become like universal vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Delicious, but it's just all about on everything. We're trying to become our own unique flavor of ice cream.
0: So is the beingness when we realize that we are all one we are all connected we are all parts of the same puzzle and the vesselness is where we really truly own our uniqueness and mm-hmm. truly step into our power mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. this i want to say like perforated ball of light mm. i also think of a wiffle ball because mm-hmm. the air can just pass right through it the mm. oneness passes right through it the wiffle ball is It is the plastic and it is the air and it is the space in between.
1: Mm -hmm. And the light that goes through it and Mm -hmm. it floating on water and everything else. And I love that visual because it's so simple. So like, let's add to the wiffle ball if it weren't just, you know, pencil eraser sized holes poked around the whole thing. What if each hole was actually like a snowflake design? Mm. And so it's completely unique, but we're all those... We're that that's what we are and who we are. And so we're here to own, we're here to be all of it. We're here to be the universal light. And we're also here to be this unique imprint that if your wiffle ball hit me in the face, I'd have a particular Kelsey snowflake on my cheek.
0: <laughs> right, we're all holding the light and letting the light pass through us. And, and we're all reflecting the light in our own unique ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are all casting different shapes from the mm-hmm. light that hits us.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the reasons why humans, and we can name it as ego or however we want to call it, but I think that aspect of our unique place in this vibrational universe is so important and it's why we might get resistance when people are trying to awaken to the oneness because there's a part of us that still very much knows we're meant to be unique. And so you can't leave that behind and go join this blobless oneness.
0: (laughs) You're reminding me right now of a conversation I had with somebody a couple of years ago. And I believe that we all have superpowers. Mm -hmm. We all have very unique superpowers. And he said to me, no, we don't. We're all the same. Mm. And it was such an interesting interaction with me because I was like, "Yes, we are all one, and we all have unique superpowers." And he just kept saying, "No, we are all the same." Mm-hmm. It, there's the and we can be the same, and we can be unique. And we well, and need I think there's that. a
1: big difference between sameness and oneness. I do too. I
0: do too. I I'm a proponent of oneness. I believe that we are all one. And when you take, you know, one, anything, you take one cake, you cut it into millions of slices, each slice is gonna be unique. Yeah. Even if all the the ingredients in the cake are all uniform, the decoration is all uniform. Still, each
1: slice will be unique. Well, it's funny because we don't even try to make these distinctions when you have a bunch of grapes. Right. Perfectly fine calling them grapes and eating them and appreciating very well knowing that every size and shape and taste is different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one's arguing about any of it. Right. But then when it comes to humans, oh no, no. (laughs) It's just so goofy.
0: Humans are ridiculous.
1: Oh, in the best ways. Um, okay, so what I find to be so beautiful about you sharing this is there are not any predetermined paths to awakening in the first place and or then owning your own magic. And in the episode that you released with you and I about the light – what did we call this episode?
0: That was Remember You're Light. Remember You Are Light. And we aired that December 24th.
1: Mm-hmm. That I feel like we talked a lot about my like emotional energetic transformation. And I think it's really important. I've learned so much from being close to you and working with you that... My soul chose a curriculum of reshaping me, teaching me my light and my magic through relationships, through kind of extreme emotional experiences. Yours chose, like you said, a physical body curriculum.
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's somewhere in this personal growth journey there can be this idea that yeah, ha- ever there's only one way to wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's You have to have that bathroom floor moment. You have to go. I remember early in my coaching career, reading a bunch of different coaches' bios and they'd all had like one person's father had committed suicide. Another had had this uh, other tragic experience, like early adulthood that involved her parents. And I was just like, wow, all these people have had the, all these like, you know, capital T traumas happen to them. Mm -hmm. What do I put in my bio? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But the thing is, all of our souls choose unique ways
1: of waking up. Yeah. And they're all perfect because the other, the other kind of sneaky question that could come in there for people is, am I not doing this right? Have I not had, I think I've been on this path for a while. I'm doing the work. I'm constantly examining limiting beliefs, moving energy through healing in different ways, expanding, sharing all the, all the things that feel super resonant, they feel aligned, but am I just fooling myself because I haven't had a bathroom floor moment yet? Exactly. The thing is we're all unique. It's
0: yeah. going to be different for every single one of us. And we really cannot compare Mm -mm. our own process to
1: somebody else's. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And at the same time, understanding the more we understand the details and the particulars of other people's processes, the more we have permission to live in our own uniqueness and honor the true similarities, which all happen at the, at some sort of universal level, you know? So in other words, the, the suffering and choosing light and the surrender. And, you know, I could go on and on about the things I learned, self-compassion, all the things I learned through my experiences, which happened to be largely emotionally inspired. You hit all those same things through your physical experiences.
0: Yeah. And it makes me think of how so many people in human design, as they discover that they have emotional authority, meaning they have at least one emotional wave. You're like, oh oh my god! Like, there, people will be angry about it. You know what? This also means we don't have to feel other people's emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for that gift. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. I have made. I'm the poster child for making having an emotional or a, a open solar plex does not seem like the best idea i feel like i'm the boss of it now so you know you are thanks to your help and spirit of course and a whole lot of surrender so let's jump into this curriculum of yours um i see this pattern of seven which just feels so magical to me for some, i don't the number seven you know it feels holy there's seven days in a week um it tends to take about seven years to get through a PhD. Seven
0: years um, in a human design cycle. It's supposed to take you seven years to truly understand and live and embody your design.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get to start and then to spiral deeper mm-hmm. after that. Um, so let's just jump into these. And as we were preparing for this, we were feeling into what magic you learned with each and every one of these. And so my God, I just feel the depth of transformation that spirit brought you through these and knowing you, we probably won't go deeply into how you felt at the time necessarily, but I can just say I am so grateful you made it through. I'm so grateful you trusted. I am sending so much love to the Kelsey in each and every one of these moments, these days, these hours, these weeks, these months, and sometimes years that had to heal through all of this because we all know you're a badass, but some of this shit really fucking took you down. (laughs) It did, and thank you.
0: Thank you. I received that.
1: Mm. So the first A... Tibial stress fracture. It was either 2013 or 2014
0: and it happened uh, July, August. I don't know when it actually like fractured. And I had just before, just before it happened, I had been trying on the concept of being super focused on one race one particular triathlon nationals like okay everything is just focused on nationals that's my a race that's my big race and i even went so far as the nationals was in milwaukee and i even went so far as to write milwaukee on my hand before a big workout so i would know that that's what i was focusing on and i feel like one of the big lessons of this stress fracture was no no kelsey (laughs) no, no, no. You, just get out of there. You are here to play. You are not here to be strategic or specific or like, there are a lot of athletes who will use the words, uh, like do, l- do your job. That was something, the, um, fans mm-hmm. of the Red Sox said mm-hmm. for a while, do your job or like just getting down to work. Well, now it's, now it's time to get down to business. And, I got to remember that it's joy that leads to flow. And that is my own personal style.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This, so the stress factor made it, I couldn't run. And, but I could hike a lot. We did hike a lot as a result. So there was this, I was, the weekend of nationals, I was like, let's get away. Like, I want to go where there's no internet access. We want to get in the woods, so we went up
1: to Camden, Maine, and just hiked. So we kind of skipped over the big punchline there, and I'm sure people caught it if they were really paying attention. But just in case they didn't, you had Milwaukee on your wrist, and then you didn't get to go compete at nationals. No, no, my season was over,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my season was over. All right, so let's talk about the 2946 channel in human design. <laughs> this is the one that it combines the love of, the love of the physical body, which is, I don't feel like love is the right word. Like a deep soul Reverence? connection. Reverence, yes. It's a deep soul level connection with the physical body mm-hmm. and the love of co-creation. Mm. And this one, the human design books say things like, if you have the 2946 channel, remember, you can't tra- change horses in the middle of the river. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what to do with that. Um, <laughs> Jenna Zoe, Jenna taught me that this is the channel of success. And that was just as confusing to me. As mm-hmm. you can't change horses in the middle of the river. What? But I finally like because I was like, what is success? We all define success differently.
1: Yeah.
0: And now I have come to understand this channel, and I'm gonna try to explain it in words, which may or may not work. It's it's gold. Mm. It's the channel of gold. It is mm-hmm. you are going to fail at being a normal person. You have to allow yourself to be golden. Mm -hmm. Stop unconsciously sabotaging yourself. Like it, it, I had to learn that I'm not here to be strategic and specific. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that. And yet I knew that, Mm -hmm. you know, my soul already knew that. And that's Mm -hmm. not the only lesson that I was supposed to learn from this, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but that was just a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And And now coming into, you know, many years later, being able to embody that I'm not like other people. Mm -mm. I don't need to slow myself down by thinking, wow, things are going so well. I hope I don't get injured.
1: Well, and quite the opposite. So our gifts are meant to inspire others. Our gifts are meant to be given to others and connect to others. They, They create a beautiful life through that exchange. And so it's not simply that you're not like other people. It's that you're supposed to be pooping gold all the way along as you go. And the rest of us are like, oh, gold, this is amazing. Maybe I can poop gold too. Yes, yes, because all of our gifts are for other
0: people. Yeah, They're all for sharing. Mm-hmm. And this is a be brave enough to stay in your light. Mm-hmm. To follow your light, to share your light so that your light may inspire others. Just keep going. Don't slow yourself down and try and be normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can't inspire anybody else by being some sort of bizarre concept of normal that's made up in the mind. Exactly. That's the only thing normal is. A couple of things I don't want to skip over on this one too. This is the first, so you had a series of things happen to you as a kid. This isn't, you learning through your physical body wasn't new in 2013. However, there was a major planetary awakening in 2012. It's when both of us got up leveled or started this next set of our journey, this, this next series of courses. And so this was your first course in becoming this magical totally unique wiffle ball known as Kelsey (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I can only imagine that even though you were never asleep there's still something really shocking about here I am focused on this one thing that I think is worth putting all my time and energy towards. And for people who don't know you, or maybe don't understand elite triathletes, like this was three, four hours of day of workouts. And that's not even including how much care you have to take for the meals that you prepare yourself for to be fully fueled and the, the resting in compression boots and like all of the, th- like, this is a full-time activity. And so for people who aren't learning through their physical bodies or aren't doing it in this kind of way, we could liken it to somebody finally having their dream job within reach. And then everything's yanked out from under them or being in a marriage that they think is serving them well. And then all of a sudden the person leaves, or, you know, like these major, major moments that happen in life where you feel like you're just about to get to the thing and then you don't get to do the thing at all. Exactly.
0: It's the like, yeah, it was, you're gonna be on the podium at nationals. Mm -hmm. You're on track to podium at nationals. Mm -hmm. Oh, guess what? Not only are you not gonna podium, you're not gonna go and you can't race and you can't run. You can't even train right now. What a fuck! Yeah, I remember making myself. I don't know if I still have this recipe so, uh, somewhere. But it was um, it was like chickpea cookie dough. It was it tasted just like chocolate chip cookie dough, is uh, based on chickpeas. I remember making myself a bunch of that and just like sitting down and chowing on it. And it's your that version
1: was... of a pint of ice cream. Exactly,
0: and I said that, and I I did it one night. And then a friend of mine was like, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, what? She's like, you're grieving wrong. Cause I did that one night and I didn't keep doing it every night. And I was like, oh, well, I don't. That <laughs> First doesn't of make all.
1: anyone feel better ever. No, no. And one night is about how long comfort food should last. <laughs> Cause-, yeah.
0: Cause after that, it doesn't feel good in the body.
1: No, no. And I do think there is something to a comfort meal every once in a while when you've had a really hard time. It does. It can feel like a hug. The problem is when you're trying to get that internal hug from food day in and day out. Yeah, (laughs) Like they're not wrong. It's just, it's just like one night is actually perfect because then we have to feel or release or be with what is and I love that your tendency was to go hike because you know so deeply within yourself that movement is the very most important thing for your entire being.
0: And so this series of things that we're going to go through the next three, the, well, probably more than that. <sighs> Nature healed me. Mm. I found so much healing in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like the Right now I'm in a point in my life too, where we're living in Florida. I love the weather for the most part. It's cold right now. Uh, but, but for the most part, I love that I can play outside every day and I miss the woods so much. And it is a visceral soul longing Mm -hmm. that I am feeling Mm -hmm. for the woods. And, and during this 15 month period where I had these three physical experiences, the
1: woods healed me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all I can keep thinking is that co-creative element of that channel you were talking about mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, it was the woods and me and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. your pack and my pack so how did that eventually heal
0: and physical therapy <laughs> <laughs> So I had this amazing physical therapist who, you know, before this happened, I had been like, I want to work on my run form. Mm. The universe is so <laughs> sassy <laughs> because guess what I got to do? I got to rebuild my run mm-hmm. from the ground up. I, mean, mm-hmm. I was telling you before we hit record, like back when I lived in Hawaii, I was not a good runner at all was not fast. I was not, it was not pretty. It would totally just like wear me out for the whole day. And I got to working with Dan. I really rebuilt my run. I built up barefoot running. Like I am so grateful for that experience. Mm. It's just one of the many gifts that came out of this experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we were re- rebuilding so cautiously And so I was finally running, I'm guessing it was 45 minutes straight and was skipping in the middle of a run one day and all of a sudden my foot hurt and I just knew stress fracture. Having never had a stress fracture in my foot, having never had pain in my foot before. I was like, I just broke my foot and I... Walked home, went to the same physical therapist, and he's like, no, there's no way. You were doing everything right. Like, why would this happen? Mm, That's when you know spirit is involved. Yes. So a couple months later, I finally got the x-ray and learned that it had been broken. Turns out it it was the shoes that were too... I need foot-shaped shoes so that I can Wait, push can off my big Wait, can we pause tub. on
1: that though? Like, I think it's great <sighs> you found these <new> shoes. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> this is all, well, yes. So it's all true. It's all true. It's not that, it's not that it didn't have anything to do with the shoes. But the reason I wanted to pause was, if you're listening to this and, and you've had shit happen to your physical body. And you're like, I wonder if that's what spirit's up to with me. Yes, because what we start seeing, regardless of which way it's coming, whether it's coming through emotional experience or physical experience or mental or whatever, whatever however it's being delivered. And this is the like, I don't know, the identifying energy of 2020. Whenever something is so disproportionate it's like it shouldn't have happened that way it's what you're feeling is so exaggerated compared to what the thing was you're questioning whether or not you're crazy your physical therapist is telling you it couldn't have been that's when we know spirit is like giving us a wink and a nod they're delivering us the thing in the most generous gentle way humanly possible even though it can feel like absolute trash But that is, those are the hallmarks. It's almost like spirit's magic glitter stamp. that's thrown onto the situation. It is. And I think there's a,
0: there's a tendency to be like, oh, I didn't learn the lesson from the first stress fracture. So spirit sent me another one Mm -mm. that may or may not be true. Mm -hmm. The thing is I had more to learn. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking about this earlier, You had the intuitive hit that this cracked me out of the old paradigm. Oh, yeah. As soon as you said (laughs) that, that just hit me right in the chest again. (laughs) And that feels so true. So
1: true. Mm -hmm. I don't know
0: how else to describe that. I
1: don't either. I feel it like, uh, it's like if there was energy running through wires and somehow you could snap those wires. It feels like a glow stick. Yeah. Snap a glow stick. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah, And
0: let's know when you snap the glow stick, that's when it starts to glow. The glow. Mm-hmm. You got to snap it to glow it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much magic, but my God, so much frustration. And especially this is what I find to be extra frustrating about this stuff is then I don't want to try to then have to spend my energy communicating it to people through the old paradigm and finding the quote unquote cause like, yes, there's very real physical things that are playing a role here. And there's so much else that's happening that like, I totally understand why you have this story where you had to just say like, and we discovered it was the shoes.
0: Well, that's the old, that's the last thing from the old paradigm. It's like, as you have taught me, as things are going out, they go out banging pots and pans. Mm-hmm. So it was that last thing. It was the shoes. Mm-hmm. Because the old paradigm
1: tells us that it was the shoes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that way, also spirit is being generous to us, because at least you could communicate that to other people, because that might be a very necessary takeaway. I mean, you just helped me find a new pair of running shoes and... I love them more than anything. I need to start searching the web now. Make sure I get a few pairs before they go
0: out. It, this company has a habit of just continuing their best <laughs> shoes. Yes. <laughs> and it does. It Like it brought me,
1: I'm like
0: such a proponent of giving my feet space, giving my, taking mm-hmm. up space. That's what my foot wants to do in the shoe.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: wants to take up all the
1: space. It's all true. It's all true. So how long did it take you to rehab and be able to start running again on that one? Well, so that one,
0: we're like, whoa, okay. So we were rehabbing super cautiously last time. Now let's do it super, super, super cautiously. So I think there was a long time of running one minute, walking five minutes. And eventually, I know by March, I was up to running like a total of 15 minutes, which took like an hour. I know I raced in May and was, I think I was running a total of like three miles by then. So I was racing by the summer. I was just really heavy and tired and I kept coughing more and more. And then we went to visit Pete's family in Canada with, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, I shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I had never had this experience before. I had never had pneumonia before, but I heard the word pneumonia. Mm. But but because I couldn't put any logic to that because I had never experienced it before because I'd never known anyone super well who had had pneumonia because I didn't know anything about pneumonia. I was like, okay, we'll go to Canada and pretty much spent a day there in bed coughing. And my cough developed what I referred to as a death rattle. Mm. And so we called that trip early, went to urgent care, like got back to Maine just as they were closing. I got in and they were like, yeah, this is pneumonia. This is like hardcore pneumonia and healing that was rough. Mm -hmm. That was, I know that some people get pneumonia, they get antibiotics and they're better in a week, maybe two weeks. I went on antibiotics and I was not better. I I think I, I pretty much stopped coughing. I was so tired. Hmm. I was so, um, I would go, eventually I could go, there was a outdoor pool open in Maine only a few weeks of the year. And I was like, I'm not missing my outdoor swimming. So eventually I would go and swim at the end of the lane. I remember if you've, being like Kelsey go ahead of me and I was like I have pneumonia no um it took me eight weeks Mm. eight solid weeks of definitely having pneumonia Mm
1: -hmm.
0: feeling weak feeling tired I read like 15 books during that time and again as you and I were talking about this earlier you had the hit that this is me grieving, mm. the old paradigm.
1: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. our lungs are grief, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you wrote that stuff down. I have no recollection. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you had a history of asthma mm-hmm. from childhood.
0: Yeah. I was diagnosed with asthma when I was like 11 or 12.
1: You were carrying a lot of ancestral grief and the pneumonia is what like brought it to a head so that it could leave. And for somebody who spends so much of her life moving her body, like, you know, with a fractured foot, I mean, that's still really hard, but you could probably ride your bike.
0: I could ride my bike and I could swim and I could do one-footed push-offs.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: frankly, I had, after the tibial stress fracture, I'd been doing one-footed push-offs with the other foot. So I was excited about kind of balancing out. it out. Yeah. But this one pneumonia, what I remember the most, it's funny that I just kept mentioning that I was tired, but what I really felt was lonely. lonely. Mm-hmm. I
1: felt so lonely. I don't know any other word to describe it. Yeah. It's an existential loneliness. When you snap out of the old paradigm, you literally, I don't know. <laughs> right beca- behind that came, became, I don't trust. <laughs> any person who says they're on a spiritual journey and is doing the work and doesn't own that they visited deep existential loneliness. Mm. Because when we come into these bodies, we are volunteering to become physically separate. That is a shock in, and a trauma in its own way to our soul. Our soul chose it. Our soul knows what's happening. And yet still, like I, I, I can't even articulate it sufficiently, but as I was driving across the country after my dad had died... I was looking out at the Wyoming sky and all I could feel was, wow, the biggest adjustment is needing to get used to how huge my dad's consciousness is now. The unique vibration that is Steve, that energy is so giant. And every time I tuned into him as a human, I tuned into some degree of his limitation as a human. And I don't want to, by limitation, I don't mean that he was not being his full authentic self. I mean limitation as in there's a density that's required in that aspect of our being to be in these bodies. And so when that body is released and you are back fully expressed in your your most expansive state, it feels so appreciably different. And so going back to the loneliness, I think it's twofold. One, there's just, I think, something we all have to come to terms with when we're on this path, which is the acceptance that we chose this. And then the second element is the very real truth that as we ascend we are leaving more and more of the rest of the humans behind now that doesn't mean that our new people won't come in and flood in and find us as is evidenced by you and I having this conversation but it does mean that by and large a lot of the people and again you can still have relationships with those people but they're not going to access the fullness of your consciousness the way that Others who are divinely brought to you will. They're not so going to nourish you. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, a, of course, an inherent fear. Every time you make a big step into your fullness of your magic, that it's going to come along with, is there going to be anyone there waiting for me?
0: hmm And you saying those words now, it resonates so deeply. Like, I know that to be truth. And at the time, all I knew was I would hear the word lonely, Mm -hmm. lonely. And I would try to tell Pete, I'm just so lonely. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I had no other way to describe it. Mm -hmm.
1: And mad props to Pete for just loving you. Because how hard is it to be another human being? And they're listening to you saying how lonely and they can't do anything about it. And yet at the same time, they're like, I'm here.
0: Well, at the same time, he'd go do yard work. And I'd be like, where are you going?
1: Mm-hmm. When are you coming mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. He'd be like, you can see me.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like,
1: yeah. It's sufficient. <laughs> yeah, I want you right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how well I know that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually brings up another question I feel like is super important to address. So were you in your coaching program at this point? Yes.
0: I had already finished coach training by the time the tibial stress fracture happened. Okay. So I okay. had already done all of that before this curriculum began.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that. So for those of you who don't know, we both went through IPEC, which is an amazing coaching school and it's all based on energy. Um, but it in a very like communicable grounded way about how these patterns and behaviors play out in our lives. And also it's teaching about how to coach the awareness in somebody. Um, So it's a particular aspect of working with a human, which is appreciably different than working with the energy field or, or human design or anything else. And so I'm curious, how aware were you that these things were happening for you and maybe even what earth school curriculum you were in at the time.
0: So I remember with the tibial stress fracture, I knew, I knew that it was all happening for me. Mm
1: -hmm. I knew,
0: I remember hanging on to something Danielle Laporte had said, which I can't remember anything other than thank you right now. Like she had said, you got to say, thank you. I'm paraphrasing and butchering and she said so much more than that but I just knew I had to say thank you like I couldn't complete the lesson until I said thank you Hmm. and I said thank you from my heart and my soul Mm -hmm. so I remember that with the tibial stress fracture the yeah just the pneumonia was that Loneliness, which, as I just said, pneumonia, I heard the word lonely in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And pneumonia was also, like the, I said, I read 15 books. Mm-hmm. I read 15 books on mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like that was my curriculum then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That That may have been, I don't remember if I had a meditation practice, a regular meditation practice before that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I certainly did afterwards.
1: How much was it bringing you into the present moment? Completely. And isn't that Completely. such a paradox? And
0: sitting with the discomfort. I want to say mm-hmm. the uncomfort, because that just feels more appropriate. Sitting with the mm-hmm. uncomfort of this is where I am. This is because I said I was so tired. But eventually that wasn't like sleepy, tired. Like it's not like you stay in bed all day. It was, uh, well, I went for a walk and now I'm just going to sit on the couch the rest of the day, which is not my normal state at all. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It was a stop, drop, and be. Mm -hmm. And just experience this loneliness because who wants to be with loneliness? And let me just shout out to everyone in 2020 who's experiencing loneliness Mm -hmm. with maybe not being able to connect with people the way you're used to connecting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe this is your lesson right now. Maybe you too are grieving the old paradigm Mm -hmm. and it's real good on the other side. It's really good on the other side. It's truly amazing and magical and mystical and everything
1: on the other side. Is it possible that all human dysfunction comes from trying to run away from this loneliness? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Which goes back to, we are all one and we are all unique.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Because the thing is, we know on some really deep level that we're one. And so there's no reason to be lonely. But then... Of course, we're operating on, but then why do I feel so lonely? And you know, as I say all that, I don't connect to those words at all anymore. But that was years, years of deep investigation around it. And and I also distinctly remember being coached by someone who we both know and love, Sarah Marie, around the fact that no other human being can ever resolve that feeling of loneliness. And so but there was like a deep need, a craving in me to find something to connect myself to. And the answer for me, now again, these are all nuggets we can find in your chart. So, for the answer for me, was reconnecting to nature, knowing that at any point in time that I need a hug, the number one source of that is a tree or laying on the ground. Because then I release all other human beings from needing to fill any kind of existential need.
0: Mm. I love that you said that, because I realized that the number one, no, I'm being told you can't, you don't like ranking (laughs) things, Kelsey. You don't try to rank. But Mama Ocean is Mm. a big source of hugs for me. Apparently pine needles under my feet are also Mm.
1: a hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if you're listening, and you don't know what that is for you. We talked in that darkness episode, how you can go deep and deep and deep and you can go into this whole hold on, on a second,
0: the light episode, it was the light episode. It sorry, wasn't the darkness sorry, episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you played the light, I played the dark. Yes. Um, find out what that is for you.
0: It will be revealed to you. It's probably been revealed to you. You just don't haven't put a label on it yet. Yeah. I know that I need nature mm-hmm. every single day. And that's me starting every single day with my toes in the grass.
1: Mm-hmm. Hence the need for a warm climate.
0: Mm-hmm. It might get tricky. hormonal fuckery. Yes. That was the next step. Or we're, we're not sure if it was that or healing my gut. Those really happened simultaneously. So healed the old paradigm. And yet there's something in me that was, I was on, I was still on asthma medications. I was on birth control and I was like, these things are causing these, like when you get back to back stress fractures, and you're a tall, thin woman, people start questioning your diet. My diet was good, but I was putting these drugs in my system. Mm -hmm. And so I went off, I think I went off of both of them at the same time pretty much. And then my body was like, what? How do we make hormones? I don't know how to do that. We haven't done that on our own for a really long time. Yeah. And I remember this one race. I think I may have cried on the bike course. I felt Mm. so foggy and discombobulated the entire time. Mm. I think I cried after the race. I think I cried during the run. Although I do remember seeing a bear on the hill. That was cool. It was just, in hindsight, I'm like, what a beautiful course. But there was nothing beautiful about it at the time. Mm -hmm. Everything was so foggy. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like me at all. Turns out I had like zero hormones at the time. Mm. And you said that this was the reintegration into my goddess energy.
1: Oh, yeah!
0: Like this was the reintegration of masculine and feminine energy.
1: Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the goddess had to be vi- invited back into the room. Exactly. Mm. Hmm. It was safe for her now. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And once again, I don't want to gloss over because I think pointing at some of the literal signs, if people are listening, so that you know. The extent to which gut healing, which you have talked about quite a bit previously on other episodes, and of course the gut is related to hormone production. Like, how can it not all be interrelated? So that was weird
0: mm-hmm. and concerning. And then, so we get in the camper and I had been swimming really well before we got in the camper and we leave on our adventure. And a few days in the, into the adventure, I finally find a pool happened to be in a shopping plaza in
1: Richmond Hill, Georgia. It was this beautiful, little warm pool, outdoor pool. And most people would call it a fountain, but Kelsey was going <laughs> to swim anyway.
0: No, it was a 25 yard pool.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: my my back hurt so badly. I felt like it was like knives in my back. And all of a sudden the paces I had been swimming for easy one hundreds, I was now trying to go hard and not making those paces. Mm-hmm. If anyone is familiar with swimming, like it was like a 10 second drop. I was now trying to go hard and more than 10 seconds lower than I had been for doing hundred hundred one hundreds just two weeks before.
1: Hmm.
0: So I reached out to a friend who is a physical therapist, did all the, all the physical work and didn't really have much relief, the back pain. So I didn't talk about it. It didn't hurt that much when I ran, it didn't hurt that much when I biked It hurt when I swam, especially long course. It was like my back needed a reset with flip turns. So I would get, so this is as we're traveling around in the camper. I don't know. I got to find a new pool every time, which I loved. And, you know, the former version of me would have been excited when I'd show up and like, oh, it's, it's long course. And this would come like, oh, it's long course. It's long course. Mm. This pain was so much a part of me that which is why I don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I just forgot. I like forgot to acknowledge it and forgot to thank it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we moved here. I worked with another practitioner. Um, I can't tell you all the things that, that improved this. I have no idea. I'm not supposed to really know the magic behind it. But now I can swim long course with no pain. I can swim without pain. And every time I'm having like and not amazing workout in the pool i remember but you're not in pain mm-hmm. and again it's like the period thing like i didn't really i didn't let myself acknowledge how extreme the pain was until it got better
1: mm-hmm.
0: because there was a part of me that was like this is you're going to live with this
1: yeah you just have to learn to live with it yeah so let's just deal with it and and you were in a very centered place of non-resistance
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it is and mm-hmm. I'm going to keep moving because I love moving and I feel like that's actually that's another key moment in the being to becoming magic is we're not here just for being this we're here to be magic and so There was a whole bunch of magic wrapped up in this back pain, but if you had just perpetually accepted it and tried to continue to stay present, just be with it, it is, then you would have never unwrapped this magic. Hmm. You're right. What was the magic that was in the back?
0: As we've already said, I wrote down what we came up with before. Mm Mm-hmm but we're going to need to retranslate this because I wrote reweaving of
1: entanglement. What's that mean? Oh yeah. I remember you told me that. Should we just, should we just go ask creator? Cause I have no damn idea. Yes. Uh, Just for those of you who don't know Kelsey's extreme love of Santa, she would just call it a love of Santa. I would call it an extreme love of Santa. It's totally normal. This time of year, we don't just go to creator, we go to Santa, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: aka source. Because they're all the same. If you haven't, if you
0: have no idea what we're talking about, if you really, truly don't understand, go listen to the Santa episode. I explain it all.
1: Okay. I was going to say you could also just do a theta meditation. (laughs) You could do that too. (laughs) There's one for your There's one for your experiencing of it and then there's one for your understanding of it. Um, Okay. You had to live very independently as a child. Yes. Um, You were already getting lessons. I have the side notes here that we weren't going to go through each one of them, but something happened to your eye. Yeah, my left eye was a free spirit. right it was and that was not acceptable wandering and heading to burning man occasionally (laughs) (laughs) you had your eardrum or drums rupture and both of them ruptured yep you tore your calf off your freaking leg yep both both calves um Wait, that sounds
0: disgusting. That sounds like there was actual like muscle flopping around. It wasn't out. It wasn't off the, my leg. The skin, just, the
1: skin was the skin bucket still held it in place. <laughs> yeah. And just a massive dents in my calves. Knees. What happened to your knees?
0: My knees supposedly the, um, and my use of supposedly doesn't mean it wasn't true. My kneecaps were too high. Oh, so right. they would grind against my
1: femur okay. on both legs. So we're not going to call these insignificant. We're just not going to go through each of them because they weren't delivering the same kind of magic. But one of the things that they did do is they taught you a fuck ton of strength and resiliency and they it, it's like they were the warm up. They were your college career
0: of mm-hmm. learning your
1: magic before you went into the pros of getting all these other things <laughs> happening so that once you finally got to the pros you actually could handle all of them. And so what I'm feeling is that you had such an independent childhood that this back pain was try, was here to teach you interdependence and co-creation. And that comes through your entwinement channel.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, my 59.6 channel. The channel of connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Entwinement, as we call it.
1: Because we're not meant to go it alone here.
0: Mm-mm. And that actually totally gets us into the the last thing, which is healing, healing, it's the heel nerve, mm-hmm. which was extreme pain. And I've talked about this in other episodes. So I'll keep this short, extreme pain in my heel, not plantar fasciitis. Cause everyone loves just like with pneumonia. Everyone said pneumonia is no joke <laughs> with, with pain in my heel. Everyone says, Oh I got is it plantar fasciitis? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that felt good to get out. I could um. That, that was, it was like entwinement reached everywhere, but my heel and the lesson of healing my heel was also entwinement. It was the, the, except from help, help from others. And you can do this yourself, learn how to heal yourself.
1: Yeah. It was the, It was a big and there were so many ands because your heel started summer of 2019 and you started secret mission running again, basically at the beginning of coronavirus. Yep. So it was like eight months off Mm -hmm. running. You got, I mean, we've talked about this between the two of us before. I don't know that we've talked about a podcast, but we basically got our coronavirus teachings early early. Mm-hmm. So that we could hold the light and hold space and be here for others, as the world is getting huge teachings right now. And this one was a huge bearer of wisdom for you.
0: Yeah. Terrifying wisdom. Because when I first heard that I could heal myself, I was like, really? I can, this nerve pain that I've been working with these specialists on, and, you know, how can I do it?
1: Mm hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And I did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how. (laughs) You're not meant to.
1: No, I'm not. Because your superpower doesn't come from telling other people how you did it so that they could try to know how to do it too.
0: Mm -mm. No, I am adamantly opposed to step-by-step guidance. Mm
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: because we are all one and we are all unique and the magic comes into and through and reflects off each of us in our own unique way. I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how to do something. Mm -mm.
1: And it's so fascinating because then we also going back to the, and we also have these human design charts that tell us, tell us a fuck ton a lot about how it is done (laughs) for each and every person. And, I consider myself to be someone who came here to eradicate dogma. Like, I, I just, it, it's so deep in me on so many levels. And I find it, that's why I find it extra trans fascinating how much I'm drawn to the truth of human design. And that's not to say give your power over to the way other people are interpreting it. It's saying this is an experiment that if you choose to participate in, there is magic available (laughs) far beyond what you could possibly conceive of. Because no matter how enlightened you think you are, we are all constantly a part of taking in other people's beliefs and perspectives. Theta healing talks about how that's even on a cellular, that's even on a handshake. There's information transferred that we have no conscious idea. It's our cells are constantly talking to each other. Coronavirus has given us the unique opportunity to be the most sovereign we've ever been in our own energy fields should we have said yes to that gift Mm -hmm. personal power yeah and the ability to clean out and see clearly and i think we're all clear that we don't want to live this separated physically separated or socially separated from one another in perpetuity But I think we're also clear that this isn't just our new reality which I think is fascinating how many people are like oh well we live in the world of corona now like as if we're never gonna go to a concert again highly unlikely so why not take this time to truly look in the mirror and decide what of this that's in us do we want to bring along for the continuing journey? And what don't we? There's
0: a gate in human design. I don't know the number of it right now, so I'm not going to share that with you, but it's a, it's the gift of saying, Whoa, before we go Mm. any further, what's our intention here? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? And Mm -hmm. I feel like coronavirus is that gift to say, Whoa, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? How do we want to go forward?
1: Mm -hmm. So, to wrap up, what magic do you know to be true now about Kelsey? Mm. Oh, I forgot to say that the heel
0: nerve was my welcome to the quantum field. So what do I know to be true now?
1: I remember when that came through. That's a that's a good one. Yes.
0: You said that you had never known anything more l- like true mm-hmm. in one word. Mm-hmm. The word quantum came through for you. Mm-hmm. What do I know to be true? I know that I can heal myself. I know that I am so much more powerful than I can possibly wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. I know that everything is possible Mm -hmm. and I know that I know that I'm magical and I make miracles Mm -hmm. and I know that that is true for every single one of us Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but and that every single one of us has to learn that lesson on our own through our own path our own curriculum that our own souls picked out for us before we came here Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And I really, truly love hearing from you. So if any nuggets of wisdom really resonated with you in this episode or in any of the other episodes of the Find Your Awesome podcast, please reach out to me and let me know. I would love to hear from you. And you can always connect to me through my website, which is kelseyabbott.com. You can also go there to schedule your very own unique human design reading. Go to kelseyavitt.com slash human designed to schedule your reading, either an individual reading or a partner reading. And if you want to create some magic with Tina and me, go to kelseyavitt.com slash soul dash magic. And that is where you can book your own soul magic session. And if you're looking for something else. Maybe you aren't looking for personal connection right now. You can get the Sparking Joy course that Tina and I created at kelseyabbott.com slash sparking-joy. You can get your inner critic transformation. You can get unstuck yourself. Just go to kelseyabbott.com and play around. And one of the most helpful, loving, amazing things you can do is to spread your joy and to spread the Find Your Awesome podcast. So if you think a friend of yours would enjoy this episode or any other episode or the whole podcast, please share it with them. Spread the love. Spread the sparkle. I love you. Go spread your sparkle all over the place. Change the world. That is why you're here. That's why we're all here. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.